beware. Just chills is a symphony of fear designed to send chills down your spine. It is not for the faint of heart. I'm Tasha. In this episode, I read the story Mr. Buggins by Russell C. Connor. A father discovers that his son's favorite toy might not be just a toy. Turn down the lights and let the nightmare begin. One as parents gave the doll to Matty, and Derek hated it almost as much as he hated its television counterpart. With its green fur, gangly limbs, and half-lidded eyes, the damn thing looked like a wad of snot that gained sentience and used its newfound intelligence to do nothing but smoke weed all day. And its mouth. Derek didn't trust anyone whose smile jerked up so far on only one side. But his feelings were probably just misplaced. Every day for months now, at exactly 5pm, he'd been forced to endure the lowbrow antics of Mr. Buggins and the Havalu crew. Matty was three, no way the kid could tell time, but if his butt wasn't parked in front of the TV at precisely 4.55, in time for those god-awful marionettes to come prancing out across their stage, the resulting fit was loud enough to set off car alarms. And it wasn't sufficient to get the boy set up with a snack and a juice box. Oh no, he had to have company while he watched. With Wanda working the four to midnight shift for the past several months, Derek was stuck on the couch beside his son for the daily train wreck. The show was essentially a Sesame Street knockoff with lamer pets and cringe-inducing jokes. Mr. Buggings and his dopey entourage yucked it up through a half-hour of adventures that ranged wildly in tone, from dealing with school bullies to putting the moon back in place after it was mistaken for a pie. Derek's brain hurt trying to follow the narrative logic. It couldn't possibly appeal to anyone over the age of five, but even below that threshold, Derek had begun to seriously question his son's IQ if he could enjoy something so banal. And since Wanda's folks had given him the stuffed version of the show's main character, Matty had insisted that it joined them as they watched. Mr. Buggins perched in the boy's lap while his namesake dominated the television, smiling his idiot grin and seeming to watch Derek slyly from the corners of his shiny plastic eyes. At two feet tall, it was almost as big as its owner. Matty carried it everywhere with him, slept beside it at night, and it was for those reasons, and only those reasons, that Derek felt a tiny kernel of actual guilt when he accidentally ripped the fabric on the ugly thing's chest. It happened as they were getting ready for bed, the nightly ritual of toothbrushing and jammy changing. In the bathroom, Matty suddenly thrust Mr. Buggings into Derek's hands before he could object, and then turned to the sink to begin brushing. It was the first time he'd touched the thing or even really looked directly at it. Derek stood holding the fuzzy thing face to face with those stoner eyes and its all-good smile and experienced a surge of revulsion so extreme it made him want to gag. Without thinking, he pitched the thing away from him. 
it sailed through the bathroom door and all the way down the hall, where it caromed off Matty's doorframe and bounced into the boy's room. Daddy, Matty whined. It doesn't need to be in there when we're brushing teeth, he sniffed defensively. You can get it before bed. But when they retrieved the doll, a fresh round of tears ensued when the boy discovered a tiny, near-microscopic, in Derek's opinion, gash across its torso, beside the spaghetti noodle that passed for its left arm. A curl of white cotton stuffing hung out of the opening. Don't worry, it'll be okay, he consoled the boy, rocking him as he clutched Mr. Buggings to his chest. Your mom will be able to fix it. And she did, as soon as she got home from work that night. Derek stood over her as she stitched up the hole with black thread and said, God, I can't wait till he outgrows that thing. I think it's adorable, Wanda told him. She pinched the doll's cheek and cooed. Yes, he is. He's a cutie Mr. Buggins looked at Derek over his wife's shoulder as if gloating. The stitch, a bold black zigzag that stuck out against the green fur, wasn't perfect and a few strands of cotton leaked out around the suture, but it would hold. The next afternoon found Derek back on the couch with his son and the doll. As the Havalu crew tried to defend a little girl's teeth from the Tartars in a very Star Wars-inspired laser fight taking place in a hallway that was supposed to be the inside of her mouth. Matty had accepted the doll's repair after a bit of sulking, but now he hugged Mr. Buggins to his chest as tightly as ever while he watched the battle. Derek attempted to play a game on his phone, occasionally glancing at the television, until a curious speck of white caught his eye. On the screen, Mr. Buggins was busy holding off a platoon of enemies, the unseen puppeteers wildly jerking his strings as he fired his laser gun in all directions. As the camera followed the jittering marionette, Derek could swear he saw tiny snarls of cotton padding on its chest. What the hell? He grabbed the remote and used the DVR to pause the show. The motion caused the image to blur when frozen. Derek leaned forward and squinted at the TV, trying to pick out what he thought he'd seen as he moved the show forward one frame at a time. Sure enough, the puppet appeared to have a small line of black stitching across its left breast. Daddy, make it go, Matty whined. One second, Derek mumbled. He'd been mistaken. The blurry pixels that resembled zigzagged thread were undoubtedly just a shadow, or some accessory meant to go along with the episode's theme. No way could the puppet on television have the same injury as the doll in his son's lap. He couldn't even accept the idea that it might be a coincidence. I'm missing it, Matty insisted. Derek unpaused the show and sat back. He found that he had to make a conscious effort not to glance at the stuffed monstrosity. That night, he crept into Matty's bedroom and pulled Mr. Buggins from under his son's sleeping arm. He held the doll at arm's length as he studied the stitching. Then he let his eyes slip up to its face. I don't like you, Derek whispered. It felt ridiculous to say it out loud, especially to an inanimate representation of a fictional character. 
I think your crappy, uninspired TV show is dumbing down America's youth. He reared back with one fist and punched Mr. Buggins square in his face, and in it again and again and again, pounding on the soft fabric until his anger and frustration and, yes, maybe even a little fear was spent. Derek dropped the doll back onto his son's bed and left. Upon picking Matty up from daycare the next afternoon, Derek spent the entire ride home trying to coax the boy into not watching Mr. Buggins for one day. He offered ice cream, new toys, and just about any alternative viewing. But Matty turned them all down, resolutely shaking his head. And when Derek pretended that the car had died in a gas station parking lot to keep them from reaching home, the boy wailed so loudly he had no choice but to race away before someone called the cops on him for child abuse. This time, he told Matty he had work to do, got out his laptop, and sat at the table in the dining room to keep from having to watch. The kid was so relieved to be home in time for the program, he didn't even argue. Derek perused the internet, thrilled to have a free pass. But when he heard Mr. Buggins start into his lesson of the day speech, given at the end of each episode, he stumbled up from the chair and back into the living room. It doesn't feel very nice when people hit, does it? Mr. Buggins was asking in his screechy, high-pitched voice. The image switched to the children in the audience as they shook their heads, then back to a close-up of Buggins. The puppet seemed to be staring out of the screen straight at him. And it doesn't matter how mad you get, it's never all right to hit someone. But it's especially bad when parents do it. Derek froze in the middle of the living room, a hot flush of guilt creeping up his cheeks. He could practically feel the doll's eyes on his back. When someone is bad, they should be punished, shouldn't they? Buggins continued. His voice had dropped a full octave lower. They should have the same thing happen to them so they can see how it feels. The camera moved closer so that his half-lidded eyes filled the screen. So from now on, everyone better keep their hands to themselves. Something poked Derek's lower back. He jumped and spun around, bringing his arm up in a blind roundhouse that went far over his son's head. Move, Daddy, I can't see, Matty told him. From his arms, Mr. Buggins grinned snidely. I don't think he should watch Mr. Buggins anymore, Derek told Wanda sternly as she got ready for bed. What? You're crazy. He loves that show. I get the recap of the episode every morning. I know, but it might not be good for him. I, I think it's giving him nightmares. Wanda paused in the act of soaping her face and shot him a raised eyebrow in the bathroom mirror. Him or you? What? Derek jumped off the bed. That's stupid. I'm not scared of that thing. Uh-huh. Wanda ducked her head to the basin to rinse the soap off, but not before he saw a grin on her face, very much like the one Mr. Buggins wore. Fuming, Derek walked out of the bedroom. He paced down the dark hallway and found himself standing in the doorway of his son's room. A shaft of moonlight came through the blinds and fell upon Mr. Buggins' face, propped up on a pillow beside Matty. 
Hot rage boiled through Derek. He crossed the room and snatched the doll up, put his hands around its fuzzy neck and squeezed until his knuckles turned white. Oh, you want me to keep my hands to myself, he whispered, shaking the doll. Part of him realized how insane this Homer Simpson routine was, but he couldn't help himself. Is this what you want? Derek snorted, hawked up a thick wad of phlegm, and spat it right in the doll's plastic eye. It ran down the face and soaked into the fuzz. The anger faded, replaced by a thick, viscous shame. Jesus, he just loogied on his son's toy because of some grudge match he'd cooked up in his own head. He carefully replaced the doll and fled the room. Wanda woke him at close to 3 a.m. with an elbow in the side. Why are the sheets all... Jesus, Derek, did you piss the bed? He bolted upright as she scrambled to switch on her lamp. The shorts he'd slept in were soaked. A huge puddle of urine spread out across the bed beneath him. He stared at it, trying to understand how this had happened, and then saw the kitchen bowl sitting on the floor beside him, filled with clear liquid. Derek reached down and stuck his finger into warm water. He played it cool the next day, picking Matty up, driving home and suffering through another episode of the Havalu crew. He even managed to laugh when Mr. Buggins pretended to play the piano on Belly Boo's stomach. They ate dinner, got Matty ready for bed, and then Derek sat outside in the hall before going back in and snatching up Mr. Buggins and waited a full half hour to make sure the boy was asleep. In his own room, he put the doll on the bed and paced in front of it. Was it you? he demanded. He didn't know which answer would scare him more. Was it? Oh, I bet you think it's really funny, don't you? Making me piss the bed but let me tell you, you're messing with the wrong guy. From the dresser, he grabbed a box of Wanda's long sewing needles, the same ones she'd used to sew the doll up. Derek pulled one out and jabbed it into the doll's narrow stomach. As he figured, the needles slid through the outer fabric and into the stuffing without leaving a mark. Yeah, how does that feel? He got another needle and speared Mr. Buggins through the arm, and then again in the neck and cheek. Derek would give anything to see that idiotic smile wiped off the doll's face, but it continued grinning. When Derek had run through the box of needles, Mr. Buggins resembled a puppet version of Pinhead from the Hellraiser movies. Derek loomed over the doll, examining his handiwork, and suddenly felt like an abusive husband that only hits his wife where the bruises won't show. This was crazy, wasn't it? The doll couldn't be alive. If it's not, then you piss-handed yourself while you were asleep. So which one sounds more crazy? He didn't know. But he had to stop this before things got even worse. If the damn thing was getting to him this bad, he needed to get rid of it. He was the man of the house and his foot was coming down. So Derek painstakingly removed every last needle from his victim, then took Mr. Buggins outside and dropped him in the trash can. 
This time, they were weakened by a scream from their son's bedroom. Derek was up and out of bed first, hurtling through the darkness, but made it only a few steps before a blinding pain shot up his right foot. He collapsed to the floor, clutched his ankle and wailed. Wanda blew past him, flipping on the hall light as she went. In the yellow glare spilling through the doorway, Derek bent his knee and peered at the bottom of his foot. The end of a long, ten-penny nail jutted from his heel. Blood leaked from the wound to drip onto his shorts. He looked over and found two more identical nails on the hardwood floor beside him, perfectly balanced on their heads, sharp tips pointed upward like spikes at the bottom of a tiger pit. They stood right in the path he would take to get to the bedroom door. He grabbed the nail and yanked it from his foot. The fresh agony served to make his fury burn hotter. Derek got up and limped into his son's room, leaving a trail of blood on the floor with each step. Wanda sat beside Matty on the bed, who looked from his mother to father with blurry confusion. Are you all right? What happened? Derek asked. I'm okay, Daddy. Then why'd you scream? I didn't. I was sleeping. Mr. Buggins lay under the covers beside him, peeking out from under the blanket. Did you get him out of the garbage? Derek demanded. Matty blinked at him, then shook his head insistently. Derek stomped forward and grabbed the doll. Mr. Buggins, Matty shouted. What are you doing? Wanda asked. Derek held the doll by the arm and shook it. I told you this was giving him nightmares. It's being put up and that's that. He marched back down the hall, tossed it into the closet and locked the door. His son's tearful screams were still audible as he hobbled into the bathroom to bandage his foot. Derek was fully prepared to ban the TV show from his house as well, but it turned out not to be necessary. Mr. Buggins and the Havalu crew didn't air the following day. Its time slot was taken by reruns of Barney, which Matty watched after ten minutes of anguished tears. And, as that big purple, dumb dinosaur cavorted, Derek couldn't help wondering if Mr. Buggins didn't air because its star was currently locked in the hall closet of his home. Which was, he knew, an absolutely insane idea. Except for the three-inch-long puncture wound in his heel that would beg to differ. He had everything set up in the kitchen before he even unlocked the closet door. Matty was finally asleep after another sob session, and Wanda wouldn't be home for another three hours. Plenty of time to get this done once and for all. For a moment, Derek thought Mr. Buggins was gone, and his heart pounded behind his ribs. Then he spotted it sticking out from behind a stack of towels. He hauled the doll out and carried it to the island in the middle of the kitchen. Derek laid Mr. Buggins on the chopping block, next to the blender, his belt sander, a mini-butane torch, and a host of other tools, appliances, and cutlery that he had taken great care in choosing. He picked up a gleaming butcher knife and held it over the doll's wasted eyes. I know you're alive, he said, choking on the last word. I want you to move for me, right now. Prove I'm not crazy. You do that, and I'll leave you alone. That was a lie, of course. He intended to do this no matter what, but it would be nice to have the confirmation. 
but Mr. Buggins just sat there, mocking him with that sarcastic grin. Thirty minutes later, the doll was a tattered, burned ruin. Stuffing leaked from countless cuts and slashes all over its torso. Derek had torn its left hand off in the blender and singed the right side of its face with the torch. One of Mr. Buggins' eyes had been sanded away to a nub. The other was just melted plastic slag. But Derek had left the smile alone, waiting to see if it would change. All right then, my friend. Time to say goodbye. He picked up the butcher knife, held it over Mr. Buggins' neck, and prepared to behead him. Daddy, no. The cry startled Derek so much he missed the chopping block entirely and buried the blade two inches deep in the countertop. He looked up to find Matty in the kitchen doorway, watching him in horror. In a mental flash, Derek saw himself clearly, a man who had tortured his son's favorite stuffed toy. The ridiculousness of it all crashed in on him. He wanted to crawl into a hole somewhere and die. I'm so sorry, he said, coming around to the counter. He swept the boy up before he could see any more and carried him back to his bed. Why were you hurting Mr. Buggins? Matty sobbed. Daddy and Mr. Buggins were just playing, he said. But don't worry. Tomorrow we're going to the store and we'll get a brand new Mr. Buggins. And we'll watch a show and everything's going to be fine, okay? He stayed with the boy, stroking his head until he fell back asleep, then headed back to the kitchen to clean up the mess. God knew what he would tell Wanda about the gash in the counter. Maybe he could. Derek halted his breath catching deep in his throat. The chopping block was bare except for a few shreds of cotton. Mr. Buggins was gone. Quick footsteps sounded on the other side of the kitchen island. Derek reached out with numb fingers and picked up the cleaver. He moved to the edge of the island and peeked around the corner. At the same time, he heard something scurry from the opposite side of the island behind him. A sudden, unbearable agony ripped through his leg. He looked down to find another one of the kitchen knives sticking all the way through the meat of his left calf. Derek spun, seeking his attacker, but his leg would no longer support his weight. He collapsed to the tile. The butcher knife flew from his hand and slid under the refrigerator. Derek crawled toward the kitchen doorway intent only on escape. More footsteps pitter-pattered around the island. Derek looked back in terror. A two-foot-tall form emerged and stood a few feet away. Mr. Buggins looks like even more of a nightmare. Brilliant red blood has soaked into that snot-green fur. The holes Derek had cut into the doll's fabric oozed viscera and organs rather than cotton padding. A polished white bone jutted from the stump of his missing hand. And his eyes, they were real now. Just blasted craters in the middle of his face after Derek had gotten through with them. But that smile stayed resolutely in place. Time to say goodbye, Mr. Buggins croaked and ran at Derek. Wanda came home that night and found her husband in the kitchen. He was strung up from the oven rack by his own intestines 
the guts spooling out of his open chest and wrapped around his arms and neck, transforming him into a grisly marionette. She screamed for a full five minutes before she calmed down enough to call the police. Matty was heartbroken, not just because his father died, but because Mr. Buggins was missing also. The TV show stayed off the air for another week, and when it returned, its star was still absent. But the Havaloo crew had a new member that made Matty laugh. A puppet that looked a lot like his daddy. <laughs> 